Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everyone. Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers, the parenting slash geek slash life balance podcast. I'm your host, Crofton Steers, the knucklehead with the most. And with me, as always, is my uh, colleague, friend, and podcasting buddy. I'm talking about Ryan Murphy. Welcome, Ryan. Hello. Thank you for having me once again on Dungeons and Diapers. I don't know why I said it like that, but you're right. It's very, it's it's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, uh, a Welcome to December type episode. Last episode was in November. This episode's in December. That means we must be in the holiday spirit. And honestly, Ryan, like mm-hmm. I think this is the maybe it's because of the kids and all that, but probably I'm. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm definitely more into Christmas this year uh, than I have been. For a while, and the fact is, I'm normally one of those people that would rage about the early holiday decor going up. You know, no. I I still am to You're a certain a extent. November, like, oh, it drives me nuts. But on, <laughs> it, it used to be December first, even like the first week of December, I'd be like, oh, come on. But now I I'm, I'm like, okay, December is pretty much Christmas month. Go hog wild as of December first. I'm I'm cool with it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what your feelings are. Well, but. I mean, for me, uh, so November 11th is Remembrance Day here in Canada. November 12th is the first day where I am cool with Ashley decorating, oh my decorating the house. We're not talking that, about like cooking and, and, and cookies and, and Christmas music blaring on every speaker in the house. We're talking about tree a little bit of garland, like nothing crazy. And then the closer you get to December, the more decorations that are up. And then December 1st is when I'm comfortable listening to Christmas music. I, I think that's – music is where I draw the line in terms of early. Like it's December what? 1st, you've, right? You've done the tree – like you've done the tree mm-hmm. in November. Like on November – like you pretty much take your poppies and you just yep. like stick them on your wreath or something like right well, off no. your – That would be disrespectful. Well, yeah, so <laughs> that would be disrespectful. <laughs> so, so pretty much the, the 11th. Remembrance Day, and thank God for Remembrance Day, because if it wasn't yeah. for Remembrance Day, I'm pretty convinced that people would just push it right up to November 1st, be like, all right, Halloween's over, toss the pumpkins, put up the tree, we're good, you know, and, and two I, full months. I don't want to give our American listeners, like, the argument for for the proper Thanksgiving, but that's where American Thanksgiving comes in handy, because it's late November, uh, Veterans Day gets its space. Uh, Thanksgiving comes around. Black Friday, Christmas, and then yeah, begins the Christmas true. season. And I will appreciate that. That that makes a that is a good buffer zone in the states. But in Canada, there's it's it's no man's land after that. Like you you actually you make a you make a a choice, and it's soft launch. Last two weeks of, De- of November, hard fast. It's Christmas time, baby. December first. And, but that is only acceptable because you got slow build to December 25th, or in our case, we kind of like slow and then December 1st and then December 26th hits. And it's like, it's like a cliff, like just Christmas disappears overnight. So like, why not enjoy steadily through that? Like I'm not like our first Christmas party is the last weekend of November every year with no, with no doubt, like Santa's there decorations 
turkey Jeez, dinner. Too I, early. It, that it's way too early. But at this point, Crofton with kids, like how do you fit it all in when there's just so many different Christmas things? Like for the last three weekends, I've done two Santa Claus parades, one no two Christmas dinner slash lunches, like. There's just, and then next week, then this weekend, I've got another Christmas thing. And then next week, I have another Christmas lunch. And then I think Christmas is around the corner as well. Like, it's just, there's so and much. So you got to, like, spread your it out. Kids, your kids are seeing Santa Claus way too much. They're going to figure out, they're going to figure this stuff out real quick, Ryan. They're going to be like, <laughs> either he is doing parades 24 7. No, only every oh, Saturday. Oh. Come on, in December. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I have less social engagements than you do. Mine are more tightly tightly packed around sort of the, right. the actual Christmas, uh, um, you know, time time period. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, I for me, like, okay, getting into it, it's like they've had my office Christmas party already, okay? Oh. And, okay. Uh, it, and so, like, we got to vote on one of two possible dates. One was last week. It's the one that went through. Or it would have been this week. And now last week, I think it was like December 6th or 7th. Was it, don't get me wrong. It was a great – my office was great Christmas parties. It was a blast. However, then we all came in. It was on Thursday night. We all came in on Friday. Everybody was wrecked. And then, and then we were all in this week. We're all in next week. It's not like it feels like the office Christmas party should be the season finale of your TV show, if you will. And then everybody, you know, disappears and comes back the next season. But this isn't it. There's like this. There's no break. It's like we're just continuing. It's like uh, wrestling, pro wrestling. They never end. It just keeps going. It's an anthology series. It's just there's no connection. Like it's like it never happened. I think, um, yeah, we had our we had our office uh, Christmas lunch. So we don't do, and I'm I'm pretty sure I know the reason there isn't a a, a after work party because a, a lot of folks, you know, would have issues continuing to exist the next day at work. Like it's just it is what it is. Uh, call call it as it is. But having lunch, you know, it's it's still like a crazy thing to have this big dinner um on a weekday a tuesday so it was actually today and we got there and there they also kind of they do treat it as the season finale they 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 do the speech you know they talk about how great a season it was and they go through every department and say something positive as hard as that is to do and then uh at the end of it they they give away uh the retirement uh, plaques, which I mean, a lot of folks that might grumble, but I actually really do enjoy that because you get to actually, you know, hear the history behind some of these folks who, who are just really like, how do you put in 35 years at one place? Like there are still examples of that out there. And, and I think it's really, really cool to hear those stories, but it's just, it was a lot of like, go home and spend time with your kids, be with your family, enjoy the Christmas spirit, but we'll see you in the office in about a half hour, you know? And everyone's just like rolling, rolling to their cars for the twenty-minute drive home. Uh, it's just it, wait. I, is so there an easy was way your, to do it? I don't know. Was your Christmas was your Christmas party like? Was it? What do you mean? Roll back into the office? Did it go to like? It was a buffet. Four in the so every, no, like everybody. It was at lunch. 
Oh, oh, you at Christmas lunch? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it. I'm talking about like we we went from like 3 p.m. to like 11 p.m. What? Like you get an actual we went, party? We went. We yeah. We go out to like we went out to a bar and we we um like is we this had your, the is whole this a team or is this the whole department? Oh, no, it's the it's well, it's the whole like we're a hundred around. I think we sold Oof. 80 tickets or whatever, and it was a karaoke theme. So we had a karaoke contest. Oh, what did you say? Incident. Incidentally, I like I appreciate that you already assume that I did sing because a lot of people would have sit, sat it out, but not me. For the first time ever, I did some karaoke. Uh-huh. Uh, me, me and a bunch of uh, guys did the uh, Backstreet Boys "I Want It That Way" song. Yeah, that's a which, good one. Uh, yeah, oh, it was, it's definitely good for hiding because you really you only have to do like one little bit or you can just sort of sing away from the mic and let somebody else like really get in there. Yeah. So no, that was good. But also I have a small team right now. These two great ladies that that I work with uh, and I did Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. I made them do that song. I'm sure they are not particularly fans of me making them do it, but they <laughs> wanted to do a team building song. And so we did it. And luckily most people were pretty drunk at that point. So the thing is, is we had all these big moments, like everybody's singing on stage or they're doing these things. There's there's prizes, big speech from the DG, yada, yada, yada. All of that stuff, DG is director general. My yeah. government is showing. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a big speech and, a, you know, season finale. Everyone's up really late. Then they're getting taxis home and all this. And then they got to show up to work in the morning the next day like nothing happened. It's just brutal. But nothing did happen. Ooh. Nothing did, and then and then we're weeks from Christmas. Still, it's like, you know, everybody. I broke out my Christmas sweater. I'm like, it's December sixth. This feels kind of dirty. Yeah. So, well, I think you just, I think um, I always love the Christmas, like the month of December, because of the holidays, and everyone just seems to be a little bit more jovial, a little bit more positive. Everyone's looking forward to their holidays. Not a lot of stuff. There's there's work being done in December, but not a lot of stuff is necessarily getting done because everybody you either got it done early in December so that so that you weren't missing deadlines or, or messing with other people's deadlines, or you're working towards stuff in January so you've got like a two week padding there where no one's in the office for Christmas and you're able to to kind of get stuff done through the course of the next month. But I I really appreciate the way the Christmas season kind of you know impacts everything. Um, I love looking at decorations. I can look out every window in my house and see some lights. It's probably my favorite part. I love taking the kids and just walking down the street. (laughs) I just, I just like imagine that it's your neighbor shooting spotlights into your window. Being like, screw you, Ryan. (laughs) Although they do, the next door neighbor does have one of those. It's big. It's gotten big over the last couple of years. It's one of those spotlights that shines like through the moving whole thing and it like shines lights on your house and it looks like there's like dancing lights on your house have you seen those oh yeah it's like a big thing you can buy them at canadian tire for like 30 bucks and they just they look cool but like if you have any bleed effect you're kind of like just blinding people they pretty much have you ever noticed that there's always like it they last maybe five years but a gimmick christmas light or a christmas decoration that's like a gimmick i remember for a long time it was those Mm. icicles that lit up like they kind of like went on your eaves troughs yeah, or whatever. The, the water was supposed to freeze along them, and that was like the big thing. 
Yeah, like there's always some technological advance in Christmas decor. Chevy Chase would be proud. Well, the craziest thing I've seen uh, on our street is I've seen the um the is it the Christmas story leg lamp or is that Christmas vacation? I can't remember. It's the it's like a leg, it's like a mannequin's leg with a lampshade. I think that's oh, Christmas yeah. story. The yeah. father gets one. Anyways, I've seen that in people's windows and I've also seen the weirdest thing is that it was like a tree, but the treetop is like a wedding dress. And this is outdoors, so I'm like, is that wedding dress like, I don't understand. Is that, I don't know what it was, but it was just like, it was just weird to see. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yes. Oh, and Swex is in the chat is saying it is Christmas Story. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Um, but yeah, Christmas. I think Christmas is probably uh, going to be big this year. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that, buddy. Um, I I could. What is it I wanted to talk about before we got into dungeons? I'm I'm pretty good. Do you want to d- delve deep into the dungeons? Yeah, or, uh... let's do it. All right. So uh, let's start by talking about what we're being up to in the the world of geek. I would note that my Mario Kart Odyssey has pretty much reached an end. We've unlocked all the characters, Gwen and I, oh. and so we're. So we're, I, I'm heavily anticipating getting Captain Toad's treasure tracker for Christmas at this point. Two more weeks. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. So because it's got a, you know, I think it, I think it'll scratch that itch, and and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So we've been, play, I've been playing less games with Gwen. There's been a lot of My Little Pony, incidentally. Hmm. Um, My Little Pony friendship is magic. Is the show that uh, we watch, and I got to say, uh, it's, it's a. Uh, we're deep into like season seven right now. And they've got a lot of uh, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink episodes that are appealing to adults. So I've got to say, I'm sort of growing on this show here. So uh, mm-hmm. for, for those of you bronies out there, I, I, I'm sort of appreciating where you're, you're coming from. But uh, for my personal, uh, my personal uh, geek time has been preoccupied with Red Dead Redemption, which has taken up a sizable amount of time. And oh, I've yeah. been getting into the VR as well, partially as exercise, but partially just because, like, it's so crappy outside, or like crappy. It's all like snowy winters come early, and I'm just looking for a bit of it, eh, an escape. And I find, like, you put on that headset sometimes, you play those games, mm-hmm. and you take it off. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm in my basement. Crazy. <laughs> my basement doesn't, near, doesn't nearly look like this normally. But uh, yeah, and, Red Dead's uh, Red Dead's a solid like a solid experience that I find like I don't want to stray too far from it because I know as soon as I give it too much distance, I'm never gonna go back. And yeah. I honestly do want to finish it because the story has has been quite entertaining. Probably the most entertaining part about that game is is the story, and I think I made it to chapter four, so I'm in the third city, I think. Yeah, well, the, the I'm first in chapter. So. I'm in chapter four as well, and uh, you're like we've moved the Saint Denis chapter, the New Orleans, whatever. And uh, I, I definitely though I'm 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 trying to get as much done as possible. Like a lot of the side missions, a lot of the stranger missions. uh, I have to say that game Mm -hmm. continuously surprises me, and that's what I find so refreshing. Normally, this deep. In a game like this, I can sort of predict the, the beats or the gameplay. Like, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. It's always the same things. It's always the... But this always finds ways to be different in 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 such a way that I find it's like the most 
realistic open like realistic like uh most believable open world game that i've ever played uh whereas the other ones are become tropey i, I use the example of spider-man which mm-hmm. i played recently i love spider-man but i was able to spot i could tell you anything that would happen that was part of like i you it's re- repetition you see the same things over and over and over again right yeah. it's the same crimes it's the same sort of swinging animations it's all of this don't get me wrong it's all candy it's amazing it's fun but you you became you become able to predict everything and in, in red dead i'm i'm in deep in chapter four like you and i and i I'm constantly like Saint Denis is a whole new environment, literally from anything that has been shown up to then. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it feels new and different and, and I didn't expect it. Like I think in red dead redemption, I didn't get to what a lot of people, like I didn't get to Mexico, um, which a lot of people said was a different part of the game. They, it wasn't, they didn't talk positively about it, but it was different. And I don't know if it was a city or anything. I did mostly kept to the Wild West in that game before I fell off. But with Red Dead Redemption 2, you get to the city and it's like it feels like a different world. And I think that's kind of what they were trying to portray in this game is that, no, this isn't 1860, 1850 or whatever the Wild West era is. This is the end of the Wild West. And they are further east than they would like to be as in the Wild West is like this this dream that they have that they want to get to. And I'm just, I'm really enjoying the game. And like I said, I don't want to stray too far from it because honestly, it's a, it's a hard, it'll be an easy experience to kind of, kind of fall off of and, and be like, ah, it's too much of a hurdle to go back to, but it is the only game on my PlayStation four that, it, that is on the docket. Cause since I finished, um, I did platinum Spider-Man and have hundred percented the two DLC packs that came out. And the third yeah, one I haven't. Be soon. I, that's right. This third one should be soon. And I didn't play the second one because I'm into Red Dead, and I know the same with you. If I get distracted by that, I'm mm-hmm. you know I, I I recognize that I'm gonna I I may potentially drop, and uh, I don't want to uh, I don't want to do that. But um, at the same time, like uh, I recognize the commitment that comes with playing Red Dead Redemption. Like yeah. we're gonna finish this podcast tonight, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make a decision: Do I play Red Dead Redemption two tonight or not? And uh, and it's not the same decision that I make when I sit down to play Spider Man or a lot of other games. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a commitment here, you know. Like I'm sitting down and I'm committing to giving it at least a solid hour, if not more, mm-hmm. because otherwise it's not even worth uh, booting up. And so that's that's obviously. Um, it's not like an obligation to play the game. I want to play the game. And every time I'm playing it, I have a really hard time stopping, which is great. It's just that it's tough to get into. Like, it's tough to be like, I'm going to sit down and play this thing. Yeah. And that's the time commitment that is, that, that feels weird when you're like, what game do I play? And for me, you know, I picked up smash brothers and that game is so easy to sit down do five minutes and feel like you've accomplished something. Cause there's just so much stuff you can chip away at in that game with all the different modes. But with red dead, it's like, all right, I gotta, even the whole process, I gotta switch the input. I gotta turn the PS4 on. I gotta boot it up. I gotta make sure it's loaded and the load times take forever. But with the switch, it's so snappy. It's already on. It switches the input for you on the TV and you're off to the races. All of a sudden you're capturing spirits and you're, you're progressing in adventure mode. Uh, but with Red Dead, it's like, all right, I gotta get on my horse. I gotta find a quest. I gotta go there. I gotta talk to the guy. I gotta do it. And before you know it, like 
it's it's a lot of time. And I mean, Swexis in the chat is saying he's still on the snow level, which I really, really love that snow level in Red Dead because, again, it offered you something different that you weren't expecting. Like, this is a Western, and they're giving us, a, a you know, winter. And I, I wonder if we're going to get back to that in that game. Like, if they, if they do introduce... I know there have been, like, colder areas where there's some, you know, some snowy peaks and stuff, but I wonder if we get back to, like winter because i really dug what they were laying down with the with the western winter kind of like the um the hateful eight movie they did yeah and i think they were sort of inspired by that a bit i i wouldn't have started with that to be honest like Mm -hmm. i feel like like if they had gone if that had been if there had been a winter area at one point it would have been pretty interesting but by starting with it i bet you that there's a lot of people that may have been turned off fairly early on because it doesn't really open up until after that no and maybe Um, the winter was a way for them to kind of shelter you because it it put you on a finite path of we must go from point a to point b to survive you know sounds like you're liking smash brothers just a quick question because Hmm. i've asked for it for christmas and i'm not necessarily like i'm not a big online multiplayer guy I don't have a bunch of people that are going to come over and play Smash, so I feel like it's really for a single-player experience or maybe okay. online. Maybe I'll play a bit of an online multi. But, like, it feels to me like, and I, again, I don't want to crap on on on, on Smash without mm-hmm. having played it, but, but it feels like it's just the same game that's come out, like, on the Wii U before it and on the, like, Wii before. Like, is it... Let's have this aside, conversation, I guess. That's a, I mean, it honestly, honestly, that, that, that point of view is something that is a very easy, it's very easy to, 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 to say, uh, let me rewind here. It's not surprising because on the surface of the game, it's like, well, everybody is here and everybody is, the fighters are from past games. So yes, like from the base of the fighters, you're getting all the characters from, Super Smash Brothers all the way to Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS, plus some extras that they've introduced just for this Ultimate Edition, like Ink. It's a high level of quant. You're getting a lot of quantity from from the fighters in the stages. I'd say eighty yeah. percent of them are returning favorites that have been touched up. So I um, I play Link and Smash uh, Link and Samus as sort of my mains. I trade off here and there in the past games, and even I noticed that there were slight differences. So for Link, you know, in Breath of the Wild, you have the blue bombs and the remote. Uh, yeah. You, it actually, that's your bomb. So instead of pulling out a bomb and throwing it, it explodes. You pull out the blue thing, you throw it. It actually has an impact. The other user can pick it up and throw it back at you. But then you can use your remote to remotely trigger it. So that's different. Um, and that's just one little example in terms of the fighters. But if when you look at all the modes... Um, they've added, uh, they, you know, they've revamped classic. So it's a little bit different, uh, and, and unique to, to this game. They revamped, they've added a whole new mode called spirit mode where a lot of people say like, Oh, I want this favorite character in the game. And that favorite character might be like an obscure fire emblem character and they would never add him or her. But in spirit mode, they've basically taken every character you can think of in every series contained within the game plus adjacent series and turn them into characters that you can collect and impact your game you equip these spirits and these support spirits so there's just a lot of stuff in the game so from a single player perspective it is very different from the other games and there's lots of stuff for you to do there uh that is mixing things up 
that being said, the online, I played it uh, against a friend in Florida, and there was some some glitchiness, but I wonder if you if you were to pick it up, or I know some folks in, uh, well, I know a friend of mine, uh, well, Jocelyn and Matt picked it up, so I was going to play, uh, play that one, um, or play them online, so like, I'm thinking closer would probably be better for for online gameplay, but um. yeah. See, the thing is, in in really, it's it's I'm gonna get it. It's it's I bought into the hype train and all that, mm. but but the re- I guess the reality is like, say you compare it to Mario Kart, right? In Mario Kart, not only do you get like you get completely sort of new tracks and that. And often new dynamics to how the game is played. Like sometimes you're two in a cart. Sometimes like you're going upside down loopy dupes or whatever. I don't know. You've got different things and then different tracks. So it's different content. Whereas it feels like Smash is in a way is a bit like playing checkers or chess. Mm-hmm. It's always the same game. It's just like now you get different pieces here. Like, yeah. y- you know, like if I, I have two Smash Brothers in my closet behind me, I got like... And I feel like if I put any of them in right now, I wouldn't be so. It wouldn't be so different than what I'm going to get from that other game. Right? I mean, if you're not if you're not a big Smash Brothers fan, and you've never really clicked with the game, yeah, if you put in the Wii U version and played it, you'd probably get your fill. Uh, but if you're looking for the new newest addition on your on your current platform like playing this thing handheld and being able to walk around the house that's true it's it is it is a different experience and it works so well uh so yeah like but but you're right you're right when you load up a match and you're playing smash brothers you are getting a similar experience to what you could get on the on on let's say to be fair the wii u because this is um the wii u version kind of taken ripped apart put back together on a new platform with some new you know bells and whistles you know modes and fighters but there's just so much there so honestly like anybody who's on the fence that has a switch i think it's worth picking this up because this is the smash this is the smash game you're getting for this platform and i, and I think it's a it's for a solid sure. game for sure the thing about the thing about it is is like for me with kids it's mm-hmm. like my my 4 year old is not ready to see all these delightfully childish characters beat the living hell out of each other yet i yeah. i think that i think that like i i'm leaning away from the violence for now still sure. and uh and uh i do believe at one point that that smash will be something that will will be into uh, i've noticed that when i nail someone with the red shell uh, in Mario Kart, she's particularly joyful in her uh, response. Daddy, you nailed him! I'm like, yeah, I certainly did. Um, but uh, <laughs> I should try uh, Mario Kart with Caden. I think, yeah, you're right. Like it's um, it's less violent. You know, it is still characters going at it, but like the way the way they're portrayed on screen when they're fighting um, feels like more playful than say like a mortal Kombat or even a street fighter which is a better example street fighter they they are literally connecting and they are hitting each other and shit's going down but in smash brothers it kind of feels like when you see your kid playing with his two toys or his or her two, two toys and they're just yeah smashing them together. that's what smash brothers looks and feels like to me so caden was sitting on the couch while we were playing and he didn't have the same reaction he has to say like if there's a scene in a superhero cartoon where they're you know they're kind of you know fighting or or there's there is a, a a we watch Shrek and um 
in Shrek there was a battle scene with the knights, you know, the the mud scene, and that got that got Caden kind of like fired up. Um, but in Smash Brothers, he just, he just likes to watch you know the stuff on screen. So it is like Mario Kart, and then he's watching things go around and and, and interactions and you know throwing blue shells and green shells. But the difference being with Mario Kart, I think, is that our kids are closer to playing Mario Kart than they are to playing Smash because Smash is kind of this game that has a higher learning curve. It's it's more complex, whereas yeah, Mario Kart is sure. a, get... a little easier. No, I, I, I get it, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, one thing is, as an adult, that's kind of funny, is like... Sure. I I buy pretty much everything I want, and, <laughs> and so we're coming, up, we're coming up to Christmas, and... Uh, I think they've done a pretty smart thing releasing so close because it's just like, well, this is the one thing I didn't, uh, this game I didn't buy, you know, and my birthday is December 31st. Right. So I, so everybody's looking for gifts for me around, around that, that time of year. But now it it used to be like, and and teens, it's like this still probably you, you could be waiting for that red dead redemption two or whatever Mm -hmm. on Christmas day. Like it could be out for months. A a game could be out for months, but you only actually get to own it on Christmas. Whereas for me uh, as an adult, like, you know, if you want to play something day, day one, you're going to go out and and shell out for it. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Like I sat down with Caden we got this like it's not like when we were kids where you get the sears wish book and you flip through it and there's like a bunch of toys in there uh but we got like a a canadian tire equivalent but it was this little like thin thing uh maybe 10 12 pages and i thought oh wouldn't it be cool to sit down and go through with caden and kind of look at some toys and stuff and the first page is like all paw patrol stuff and he's like i want that operational tower i want the lookout tower lookout tower put it on my list and i'm like oh okay man well we'll put circle it we'll put it on the list and um you know it was 80 bucks and i'm like i'm not spending 80 dollars on a lookout tower he's just gonna play with it for a week and then and then sporadically go back to it like it'll be cute for a couple days and then so ashley actually found one on kijiji or something for like 10 bucks smart cleaned it up and 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 uh it's good to go i mean we've been like a lot of the toys are end up are used because everybody else kind of buys buys new so like we have we have too many toys in the house so like why would we buy more but he wants he wants to look at a tower. But I was saying to Ashley, like these kids are are going to grow up, you know, with uh, with a geeky dad who buys you know the video games he wants. Big Nintendo fans, so like you're buying, you know, the the games that are that are going to be be for kids, really, like all ages, you know. So they they've got it made. So it's true, you know, like he's going to grow up in a house where there where there will always be a Nintendo console and there will always be. You know video games and i have these conversations with with uh with young uh with older parents that have older kids and they're like talking about Fortnite, and they don't understand how to how to how steam cards work and and you know grandparents keep buying steam cards and xbox cards and like why do they keep buying me these cards that i can't use you know why like i'm like well first of all you can ask them to give the kid cash or you could sell it to me like at a lower cost and then I could give you cash. It's up to you. But really what you could do is you could just tell them to go buy the one with Fortnite on it, you know? And then this way you're buying them V-Bucks and then everybody's happy, right? But it's just, it's like, I think our kids' generation are going to grow up with a majority of a majority of parents. There are still parents out there that aren't, you know, geeky. But I think, like, you and I and our generation, all of our kids are going to have more knowledgeable parents when it comes to this tech stuff 
and that that can only be positive. Um, I know people above our generation that you know try to understand and and have an understanding of it so that they can you know uh, at least help out their kids. But I think now with with us, like we, there's an opportunity for our kids to to grow up and not have to be like discovering this all for themselves without having sort of like a guiding you know figure above them. I don't know. It's just. It'll be no, it's definitely it's definitely an, an advantage, and it it's a fifty it's a fifty fifty percent split because there's folks like us. But like I was speaking to my friend at work the other day, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how his wife absolutely loathes uh, video games, and and he really likes them, and that this is a bone of contention in their relationship, right. um, and. And it is because in many ways she comes from this archaic mindset mm-hmm. where she thinks that they are, you know, for kids, which they were because when they when they were introduced and when we were kids, there were very few video games that targeted adults, right? Like they were for kids and we grew up with them. And now there's a bunch of games for adults because we're adults. And one thing I think is going to be really ironic ironic or interesting rather to follow is that when we're seniors like Mm say say i'm like 60 or 70 Mm -hmm. well there's going to be a giant senior gaming market and i don't mean the the type that play wee bowling at the old folks home (laughs) i'm i'm talking about like like people like me that will want games where I play as a senior citizen or that i'm you know just like there's movies that are made for senior citizens there's going to be there's going to be a whole set of games that are following. So I do feel bad when he, when he's talking about his wife, I, I, you know, part of me was frustrated because I'm used to being frustrated with folks like that. who just don't seem to, to, to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then like, it's like hating on books or movies or whatever. It's like you're hating on an entire medium because you associate, you have prejudices against yeah. it for whatever reason. And, and so, uh, but I recognize that, time is going to be unkind to her and more kind to like people like uh, you and I. And, and yes, I think our kids are going to have an advantage or disadvantage. They're not, hopefully they won't be pulling any fast ones on us for a while. Like they'll try, try some stuff and we'll, we'll know, we'll know what they're trying to pull before they do it. You know, we'll be in the loop. Hopefully. I, 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 I guess I'm not there yet. I don't have teenage kids, but I know a lot of folks who, you know, do or did have uh, teenagers and they've grown up uh, talk as if like, oh, just you wait, just you wait. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just, I guess I'm not there yet. So I don't want to dig too deep in it. But I kind of feel like maybe I'll know my kids. Like, I don't need to know what they're doing every waking moment. But I feel like I'll know them enough that I can have a conversation with them about, how they're using their cell phones, how, you know, what computer time looks like, how long you should be playing video games, is your homework done, like that sort of thing. And I'm honestly, this is going to sound cheesy and really weird, but I'm actually looking forward, like I'm not ready to skip to that point. I'm, I'm enjoying what we have right now. Right. Where it's a passive experience and there's a little bit of interaction. I'm enjoying the, the buildup. But I am also looking forward to when they get a little bit older and then I can start to, you know, test my theories and how how to you know parent your your kids when it comes to video games because i think for my parents um they did it really well you know they bought us the systems they bought us the games they brought home rentals and stuff but they always put school first 
Um, not to the point where it was like, you don't get to play video games ever again until you finish or get an A or whatever. But it was a balance. And uh, I mean, that's what comes back to the show all the time. It's, it's, it's all about, you know, a balance. And I wouldn't be here today talking about video games if it weren't for my parents and the way that they parented me around, you know, video games. Like they, they figured out a good, a good medium, I think. And I mean, if I asked them what they did, they'd probably like, I don't know, maybe we got lucky. And maybe that's the case. I don't know. Uh, I've certainly seen the opposite, where video games well, definitely, cause some shit, right? My parents ha- had this thing where it was like, at one point when we were at school, TV it, TV and games uh, were no longer, like, it. we couldn't do either TV or games past 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, and I remember sort of being really, fr- except on, I think it was Friday and Saturday night. And um, what what that meant was just that that uh, you know we got off the bus, we would have a snack, getting off the bus, and then it'd pretty much be four p.m. And so we had two hours, which doesn't sound too too bad, uh, but we would just like cram it, cram it in. And my mom would serve, you know, supper at five thirty, and so it was. It, and we knew we, you know, like we couldn't be like, well, we're not going to supper because we want to get our maximum, you know, maximum time. Uh, and I think it was my brother in particular was watching a lot of TV shows like after uh, and that was what she was looking to curb. But I remember it being a point of frustration for me being like, oh, man, you know, like I I, I really want to play this game more. And now it's dark and it's winter and there's nothing to do. And but but. In the end, I don't think I would have changed anything if I could go back and change it. It really helped me appreciate things. It got me into a lot of book series and stuff. And I know what you mean about wanting to jump forward. And I feel like that sometimes, like, I think about, you know, reading the first Harry Potter book. Or mm. or I think about, uh, even like right now, I have um, the HD Legend of Zelda, the Wind Waker, which is like a cartoony Zelda. But it still just feels a little bit too old uh, for when oh i was actually gonna mention this on the show ryan um mm-hmm. it, which is that uh, i noticed lately that there's a gap in terms of um ages for watching video games and uh, common sense media is this website that provides lots of like good information both from kids and adults in terms of like what's the best time to watch it you know is this movie suitable for this age range is this tv show suitable for this age range and they have video games in there too and they say like what you know what's the content in it and and it's very helpful especially to guide parents that might not necessarily know and i i look to it sometimes for guidance to get a sense of like okay uh, how far am i you know how far am i pushing it but for video games it shows sort of like the age requirement like for playing the game and i'll google that often and i'll be like how old to watch this game mm-hmm. and uh, all you get is the age requirements for 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 playing the game for example mario odyssey they say eight eight years old and um that makes perfect sense to me mm. when you think game. it's a complex game for sure except the hat like obviously they have a second mode that's there for for kids and gwen right. and i played this entire game when she's four 
um, where she's that even when she was three a bit and now four, where she was the hat and I was Mario and she just loved watching it and it was just giant adventure together and all this sort of stuff. And she even if she couldn't have played the hat, she would have enjoyed watching it. Like, there was no objectionable content aside from Bowser kind of scared her a bit. But like, I would like to know for some of these games, it's like. What is the age appropriateness for if they're not playing it, they're just sitting next to you and watching it and giving you advice, like telling you where to bring Link and telling you, you know, it's different than playing it because playing it requires controlling. You know? Yeah, like I think like the games that would be acceptable for kids to play lack any sort of interactivity between the adult, like the parent and the kid. You know, like, we're not looking for games that you can say, like, play this, I'm stepping away. We're looking for games that we can play with with the kid that's having a passive, you know, an interactive experience through you as con the controller. Like, and I've had those moments um, where we were playing, uh, and, and you're right, like, it's very specific to each game. Because there can be just this one moment that keeps happening that may seem benign but is actually really freaky i was playing uh rise on or not rise that's not it uh oh what was it called it wasn't rise it was something it was some adventure this is gonna it's platform this is game. gonna be horrible it's gonna be no, like no. another it's gonna be a ride special he's gonna no. be like i forget gears of war I no think. it's not it? rise and that's why i double back because rise is definitely like a a uh, i think a greek or roman <laughs> like mature game this was a a teen or maybe e for everyone game but it was a very cartoony platforming game uh it was uh it was on it's on xbox whatever it's called and we were playing it, but there were these moments where uh, you it would come to a standstill and it was just this big button prompt and, and Caden, I'd say to Caden, okay, push the X button. And he'd push the X button and he could see something happening on screen that was a big monumentous occasion. Uh, but there was also these times where this giant bird would come out of the air and swoop down and get you and take you away and you would get game over. And that freaked him out. So like, yeah, there are these there are these websites that exist for movies where it's like, uh, it tell it breaks down the rating and tells you exactly which scenes gave it that rating, you know. Uh, I I can't remember what it's called, but it, like if a movie got an R rating, it'd say like for Deadpool, occasional nudity, plenty of swearing, you know, someone uh, you know sticks a piece of dynamite up their butt and it explodes, like excruciating detail. Now we don't do we have that for video games? I don't know. Probably be handy because you could say for this game that I just played like. Hey, lots of great moments to have like passive, interactive, you know, pausable, you know, uh, interactive button presses for small children to kind of cue them up. But then there's also this giant bird that swoops out of nowhere and terrifies people. So like, it would be good to to have that list. You could create it for Super Mario. You could say like, really great, except the bunnies are freaky and Bowser sometimes gets on people's nerves. It's true. Uh, the uh, it's funny because I I think the game you may be talking about is Rhyme. R I M. -E. That's it. But but I still couldn't help but think the whole time you told that story about Rise, Son of Rome, <laughs> which I did play. Okay. And, it's super and violent, it, though. It, it's ultra violent, and that like there's this big <laughs> button prompt on the screen. You're like, kid, quick, Caden, press X to decapitate. Oh, you got you got him, buddy. Oh, good. He's, I just want to. What's Unequivocally state that we were not playing Rise. We were playing Rhyme. Right? Daddy, why is all that ketchup everywhere? <laughs> oh, we have gone off track. Where are we now? Because we're going to have to wrap this thing up in like 10 minutes. 
Okay, well, I want to go on a rant before we do. Uh, oh yeah, uh, on the on the diaper section. So let's yeah. let's just say we're changing some diapers now. Let's do it. Uh, and talking about some of this the kid stuff. I I was um, I was thinking about this the other day uh, because uh, the title of the show is Dungeons and Diapers, and we are at a situation where right now where both of us are still changing diapers. Mm-hmm. But but I have a feeling that this show is going to last longer than the necessity for changing diapers we'll be doing this for for ages and then that we won't have kids in diapers anymore but the title will stay with us so this is the time i think to talk about actual diapers and uh and in in particular um my wife and i were you know when we before we had our first kid gwen we were like, we're going to be those. We're not going to waste diapers. Like diapers are killing the planet. We're going to get cloth diapers, and you know, we were those guys. Oh. And uh, and and did you guys ever try cloth diapers? We never tried it. I had a a friend that ran a service in town where they'd give you the cloth diapers. You could take the cloths out to the the curb, and they would pick them up, and they would drop off clean ones. And it was this. It was appealing because they made it sound like, oh, it's great for the environment. You pay a little. You pay less. Than you would for for disposable, but you're paying <clears throat> a premium to have them picked up and and delivered back clean. So like, um, oh, I remember we it. saw a service. Yeah, we saw a service like that, and we were sort of pricing it out. We bought. We went so far as buying a bunch of cloth diapers, and we were we were like sort of committed. Okay, we're gonna do this thing. Let's do it. And then um, Gwen was fairly underweight. And uh, the cloth diapers didn't, we couldn't get a size where it didn't like leak down her leg, the pee and stuff like that. So we talked to, you know, our midwife and all that. And she was like, oh yeah, okay, well, you know, until she fattens up a little bit, you're going to have to use disposables. Um, There's like these newborn ones or whatever. And we're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll just, you know, do the disposables until you know she she's ready for the yeah. the um, the other ones. Needless to say, two kids later, we never went back, um, and uh, we're just full on. We're like disposables. This is the way to go. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got and I gotta say, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about diapers is because I was talking to my brother, who's now a first time dad, and uh, we had a conversation the other day where I realized that we were doing something completely different with diapers. And uh, what? How? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I was like, wow. And when I explained what I did, he was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I'm not doing that. Okay. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, it makes it's just you know comes with I guess comes with experience I guess. But essentially, you and you know this stuff like when your kid starts with their poops, they're like kind of yellow, mm-hmm. liquidy. It's all you know like before the milk comes in and then the milk comes in and it's a certain consistency so forth so on let's skip ahead to the poops that we're more familiar with which are uh the ones like yours and mine maybe a little softer like when they start eating food type poops yeah those poops but like i'm at the like with clara right now i'm at the type where she poops like that but she only eats soft foods right she has no teeth so she's eating avocados, bananas, and all that. So she's pooping regular person poops, but they're soft right. because you know, you know, she's she's eating all this soft crap, and and consequently having soft crabs. But um, 
the thing the thing is is that what I do that Nick, my brother Nick didn't do was like so Nick would be like oh man this is a big shit I'm just gonna here here we go and and then he would just like wrap up the diaper or whatever and then he'd throw it into whatever diaper bin or garbage that he'd have uh-huh. but I I take the diapers and I go to the bathroom I turn them upside down and I like I empty the poop out into the toilet okay and then and then I like and if I have like maybe a wipe and there's some chunks like I'll I'll, I'll get those <laughs> what are we doing oh god it's what? dungeons and diapers i know Dude, it's, like, in... it's getting in there like it's not dungeons it's and still... poop like <laughs> no but that's what goes in the diapers i know Jesus, that Ryan. i know i know i'm a father too i get it so so then then it's like then i wrap it up or whatever yeah you wrap and, it up and, and, and I flush, I flush the toilet, and some of them are clean drops, right? Like I'll turn, I'll turn the diaper upside down, and I'll just, I'll just like sort of pull it, pull it open in the pool, just go fachoop, drop right into the toilet, and and it's pretty much. I'm not saying I, the diaper is clean; it's still obviously dirty, but uh, it's. I I then wrap it up and I put it away, and and obviously, it does not for it does not stink nearly as bad, um, if at all. And uh, you can, you know, like, so my brother has got these, he's got, like, these buckets of garbage before the diapers are picked up that are just reeking. Yeah. And my... Well, sorry, go ahead. Well, okay. I've talked enough here. What do you you guys, do you guys dump the poops or do you tie them up? We don't Oh, my God. What the hell is wrong with you? But what we do something differently. We have a pee-only rule. So, like, we have these, like, diaper, it's a diaper genie, but we don't buy, like, the the inserts. We take kitchen bags and we kind of tie them in. And it's a a hack that sometimes frustrating, but when Ashley ties them, it works perfectly. So we take, (laughs) when I do it, it just falls apart and she's like, oh, I'll just do it. So we put the peas in there, and they don't stink nearly as bad. The poops we take outside, so the the, the garbage is outside. And y- y- you know, you're right. Yeah, it's poop that collects. We have two kids that are, that are pooping in diapers. So by the end of the week, you can tell someone's been shitting in our garbage. Uh, so, so like, yeah. Why does nobody dump them the poop in the toilet? And maybe it's Just... more environmentally safe to take the poop out of the diaper because you're you're basically wrapping the. Comp- postable item in this in this thing that doesn't you know break down so maybe you're doing the world a favor but like i don't know i see the poop once and i just don't want to see it again you know I just, it's gotta it's like it, that's the one that the poop got its one but see see you don't even have to like literally you just you just carry the diaper and then you turn it upside down in the toilet, right. and poop falls into the toilet. Now I get it. I get it. You're gonna be like, "Well, there are some disaster zones that are just like yeah, well, in that soaked case, into." You... And that yeah, in that case, you wrap it up, you toss it into the thing. But I mean, honestly, parents who are listening to the show, if you're not emptying the poop in the toilet, I don't want to say you're monsters, but like you're you're giving yourselves a a stinky garage, a stinky whatever. You can reduce the stink level uh-huh. before garbage pickup by a considerable amount by just dumping the poops in the toilet. It's where you use the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, if there are folks out there like do you do you scrape and dump or do you just wrap and put in the garbage? So we want to know, let us know either via Twitter or email, uh, you know, uh, dad at tgistudios.com. You can send an email there. Um, but if we're if we're talking about poop and I and I will judge you. Okay. I don't mean to, but I already have. Like I'm 
team dump the poop, but if you're on team wrap the poop, I mean that's your that's your prerogative. Make a compelling case. Like send us send us a message. Do like what Ryan said. I, I'm curious about this discussion. When Nick told me about it, it blew my mind. And now hearing it from Ryan, I thought I was the majority. No, you're the minority because you know, so. Fex is in the chat is saying wrap and dump as well. Like he doesn't God, deal with she- it. This is a small sample size. <laughs> yeah, well, it's us three, right? So yeah. like, wait till it opens up to our vast listenership, and then we'll report back in a couple weeks. I mean, while we're on the topic of poop, like um, this is just anecdotally. So uh, the last uh, last week, I was away, so I was away for work, and uh, it was overnight. So Ashley was, um, but it also happened to coincide with Ashley working. So Ashley uh, was working. I was out of town. So we had uh, my sister in law and uh, actually both two of my sister-in-laws come over and watch the kids and they ordered pizza you know for food and it's the thing that i think maybe people with kids who are younger that aren't eating real food yet or people who don't have kids like fast food uh rips through kids as well like it affects their their bodily their bodily functions as well and i think i think as parents we kind of we don't or as as adults you know, we kind of don't really think about that, but like, yeah, that food just makes for some raunchy diaper changes and pretty much those cases void the, the, the dump and dump as opposed to the wrap and dump. Like they, like, that's all I'm saying. Like there are going to be times where you're going to eat something and your kids are going to eat something and it ain't going to be dump and dump material, you know? Wait a minute. Wait. So your kid uh-huh. Who is on? Who is wearing diapers? Uh-huh. Is also eating McDonald's? Not McDonald's. I'm just saying, like, like restaurant food, like just bad food. Like I think they ordered Domino's or something. Wait, so your kid who's in diapers is eating Domino's pizza? I don't understand. Is this, is that not a good thing? Like, well, I don't like just like ordering. Di- like, he's not just eating a full pizza and crushing it. Like he's having like a slice of pizza with everybody else. When do do when do kids stop wearing diapers? Well, okay, Caden's a little late. Uh, he's two. He's gonna be three in January, and he has not potty trained yet. Like we've tried, and he will pee on the potty. He actually loves it. Um, he's all for it, but he will not poop. We've, even, okay, we've been I... bribing him with ice cream for the last year, and he won't do it. And maybe that's our problem. Wait, maybe bribery is not the. <laughs> best is, thing remind me, is Caden your your youngest oldest. or oldest? Old. So, so yeah, so you have double diapers to worry about. I do have double diapers, yes, still. Oh, man, that does change things maybe a little bit. A little bit? Oh, yeah, you're going <laughs> to... Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you that. I mean, it's like you've got to monitor... Do- but Cadence definitely should be dumped in the toilet. Like I mean, I mean there, are, be- there are a majority of days where, yes, you could you could dump and dump. And Swexus is backing me up here. Like, his two-year-old loves... Like, occasionally, a Happy Meal is just like... That's what you do. Like Ashley goes shopping with her nanny, and they she insists on going to McDonald's, oh, and it's just don't get me wrong. Everybody, Gwen has like a Happy Meal every other week. I'm not seeing any. There's any. Oh, I wasn't sure that. what I, you were getting at. It, it sounded like you were just, judging me for fast food. No, well, oh, well, no, it was just like I wasn't sure what. I guess it's when they stop wearing diapers. If you had told me you're like your three year old has McDonald's, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. But if you're telling me like your one year old has McDonald's, I'd be like, well, that seems like a little young, you know? Like that's that's like, what Abby I would. Isn't crushing a Happy Meal, but like she might have like 
a couple of pieces of fries and yeah, yeah. she's there eating, but she's not having her own happy meal. Caden won't right. even finish his own happy meal. Like they're still quite young where they're not eating their own meal. Usually when we, or when we go out for dinner, we'll just, we'll order our meals and then we'll just get an extra plate and kind of just crumble some food up for them. Cause like, they're still quite young. Uh, Caden will sometimes get a kid's meal. I mean, that's something else we can talk about on a, on a completely different episode where we talk about this whole... Do you know Tim Hortons is a kid's meal now? It's crazy. No, I didn't. I just it's didn't. brand it's new. Good to know. Uh, anyways, but uh, yeah, um, let's move away from poop. I, I want to talk about, before we before we jet, um, I meant to talk about this last time, but I forgot. Caden uh, and I went and saw the new Grinch. The new Grinch. Oh, movie. did you? Yeah. Because we're... Um... Because honestly, remember how I talked about that, the first movie that they go see thing? Yeah. Like, I was looking at The Grinch and I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind maybe if it was The Grinch, mm-hmm. you know? Like, uh, so I was thinking about taking Gwen to it. So, yeah, what were your thoughts? So, it's an Illumination film. I know a lot of people have, like, this thing about Illumination. Oh, Minions, really? Despicable. I don't know what it is. I honestly, I'm cool with whatever. Um, <laughs> but The Grinch... So I I love the Grinch. I watched the cartoon when I was a kid, and I thought like, oh, maybe Caden would like it. But it's just it's creepy. Uh, it's old style animation. The Grinch is set up as this weird villain who just seems to be very maniacal, and he's got that weird voice. And then the Jim Carrey one, well, it's creepy for its own live action reasons. But this Grinch, uh, voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch, so I'm all in. Love the guy. Uh, Caden and I go at Stars and Strollers, so we get a little popcorn. That was my first mistake, because I didn't buy a big enough popcorn. He crushed it in, like, the first 15 minutes of the rest of the movie. He's like, where's the popcorn, Dad? Where's the popcorn? Yeah. I'm like, you ate it all, bud. You ate it all. That, one, <laughs> that one might be a wrap and dump. <laughs> yeah, popcorn has a lot of fiber, salt yeah. in it. But I, I, he has not had pop yet. It came with a pop, and and uh, we're in the middle of the theater, and I'm drinking out of the small kid's pop because I didn't want him having any. And he looks at me, and he says, Daddy, that's an adult drink? Because <laughs> we say pop is adult drink, right? Yeah, and, me too. Yeah, and then like we're in the middle of the theater, and I'm like, God, these people are going to think I'm getting drunk with my kid at the Grinch. <laughs> but, uh, I just like I imagine that it's in a kid's cup too. And it it's is. Got, it like, is. The, it's got like the Grinch on it, and you're like, I'm not. Daddy's having his adult drink. <laughs> it, it had the Grinch on it, but I took the topper off. I gave him the topper. We got a, a free toy. Um, going back to the whole Happy Meals thing, but honestly, the movie um, they set up the Grinch as not the evil bad guy but as someone who's misunderstood he lives on the edge of town all of the all of the whoville residents treat him as an equal and he actually kind of uh reciprocates a bit in that there's this understanding that he doesn't like christmas he buys everything ahead of time and then he doesn't have to go into town and that's that's the relationship they have and it's coexisted for the last 20 years and the movie obviously progresses and you it's pretty predictable because it, it is the Grinch that stole Christmas. Um, and you've seen it countless times. But I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. And um, Caden uh, really liked it as well. He sat through the whole thing. It was an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, he did really well. I was, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but I was really proud of him for being able to just pay attention to something that wasn't Paw Patrol for that long. 
To be know. fair, he was wearing diapers. I can't even sit through an hour and a half movie without well, going to pee. He was wearing diapers, but I, I honestly I was surprised that he didn't ask to go pee countless times because he is yeah. he is in that mode. We'll go grocery shopping, and we're like in this strange grocery store, and he's like, "Daddy, I gotta go pee," and I'm like, "Ah, I know I shouldn't be like discouraging you, but." We're going to be late for the parade if you go pee in this strange grocery store. Why don't we go buy it? And then I also forgot snacks that time, so it was a, it was a double whammy. But, yeah. Uh, Just pee in your diaper, kid. God damn it. <laughs> I feel terrible when I tell him that because we're trying to potty train him. I feel like I'm setting him back months. And then he's going to be, like, in kindergarten and he's wearing a diaper, which I guess is illegal. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, Swexes in chat says he's not brave enough. I don't know if your local theater has a program similar to Stars and Strollers where they basically, um, it's accepted to, to bring your kid to the theater. The, the volume's turned down a bit, uh, and the lights are left, the lights are left off, but it's not completely dark. I think they kind of turn the brightness up a little bit. So it's a, it's a safe environment where if you're, if you're, like, Caden talked through the film, he's like, He's talking uh, about the movie, interacting with the movie. He's having a great time, and that's that's accepted. And it's and the best part is that for kids, obviously, they get in for next to nothing. But adults also get a discount on the on the ticket uh, admission as well. So um, I'm contemplating going to see the Spider Man movie with him, but I'm still on the fence. It's a mm, tough one. But yeah, I, I, I think you're. I'm probably thinking I have to watch it first. Yeah, probably. You're pushing it on that one, I think. I think so, too. Uh, like, we were going to go see Wreck-It Ralph, but then I was like, it's a two-hour movie. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if he'll be able to sit through I that. watched the trailer for Wreck-It Ralph as well, and I was looking at it because uh, I was thinking about, like, oh, maybe that'd be a movie we could go see. But I looked at it, and it's so of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so, like, they go in the internet. It's and It's all these... You know? It's very nudge, nudge, wink, winky of everything that's current right now. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a tremendously dated movie at one point, right? Mm -hmm. And so do I want that to be your first movie? Anyway, I'm all, all clearly overthinking it. But I the, think Grinch the Grinch would be perfect, honestly. It's, it, I think it was a good first let's go see a movie together, uh, Caden. And I took the, I, it was great because I took the afternoon off work and I had a rough morning. And I was just like, this is great because y'all can go fuck yourself. I'm, I'm gonna have to bleep that out. I'm going to the movies, <laughs> and I le and I had the afternoon off, and I and I got to go to the movies. Um, it was a lot of fun. Whoa, Ryan dropping the f bomb totally randomly on the Grinch movie. Um, <laughs> it's like like uh, all the other. I'm I'm writing it down. I'll edit it out. But uh, yeah, no, I uh, I really like I really liked it, <laughs> um, and I think you should all go see it. It's really good with your kids. Go see yeah. All right, all right. So, uh, if you guys have great ideas of movies you want us to check out with our kids, and/or you want to uh, fall on the side of uh, uh, monsters that wrap poops in diapers instead of dumping them, or heroes that dump them and then wrap them, right. uh, let us know. You can send us an email at dad at tgistudios.com. Uh, you can visit us on the web, tgistudios.com slash dad. Um, that's pretty much the show for this week. Ryan and I are both individuals of individual natures. Mm -hmm. You can follow me at Croft and Steers on the Twitter. Ryan, where can the good folks follow you? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter at rmurphy. And uh, just a quick plug, you can check follow this channel, twitch.tv slash ryanmurphyca. Going to be doing a holiday extra life party on December 21st, starting at 7 p.m. We're going to have eggnog, Christmas-themed video games. I'm thinking of starting off as uh, Super Mario Odyssey in the Santa suit in the Winterlands. Thinking that might be a good casual way to start. And going to be enjoying some candy cane ice cream at some point. So if you want to hear me... Uh, eat ice cream live on twitch i think that's what we're gonna do for a little bit uh i promise it will not be the entire stream because i mean i could crush a whole tub of that candy cane i i got i got some upstairs president's choice chocolate crackle and candy cane you're you're speaking my language buddy Uh, i haven't bought it yet because like it's a dangerous uh, game to have that in the house at this point yeah, no, I, I hear that. Uh, do you have any final words on what may be our final episode of Dungeons & Diapers this year? Go see The Grinch, but don't swear during the movie. It's not a good thing to do. It's true, and also don't bring your adult drinks. Um, <laughs> and that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons & Diapers. Uh, have a great week, great holiday season, everyone. We'll see you when we see you, and thanks for all your support. Thanks for all your support.